For those that don't understand me, the subtitles will be on the screen behind me. <laughs> when it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also was himself a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it be given to him. So Jesus, no, wrong person. So Joseph <laughs> took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his new tomb, which he had hewn from the rock. He then rolled a great stone to the door of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember what that imposter said while he was still alive. After three days I will rise again. Therefore, command the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise his disciples may go and steal him away and tell the people, he has risen from the dead, and the last deception would be the worst, worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have guarded soldiers. Go, make it as secure as you can. So they went with the guard and made the tomb secure by stealing, sealing the stone. Talk about dedication. He actually drives from Scotland every Sunday. That's <laughs> really amazing. Wow. And it's also, the, I think, the first time we had scripture reading in a Nirvana shirt. So, so that's <laughs> even more helpful. I really like that. That's right. That's true. <laughs> Little asterisk there. Um, <laughs> welcome to Neighbors Church. I'm really glad that you're all here. If I haven't met you yet, I'm uh, uh, the I'm, <laughs> I'm the pastor here. My name is Trevor. I guess. So, uh, thanks for 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 being here. Uh, we have been going through the book of Matthew lately, uh, actually for about the last uh, two years, I think. So uh, to show you where we're at, uh, we're almost done. This is where the blank part is, means we're almost done with, with Matthew here. So we've been uh, all the way through it. This is the time where um, people that are reading, they just read this part really quick because everybody wants to get to Easter. Even when we have like the... Uh, uh, Good Friday and all that kind of stuff. The, 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 the whole idea, and it should be, I mean, the, the main part of our, our faith is that resurrection. But Matthew wants us to, to sit here for just a moment, uh, and very purposefully. There are uh, times when we read the Bible that we like to uh, just take certain things, but I, I really want to encourage us to sit where we are when we're reading. To imagine being at that place in time, imagine being the people in that story, and to not think about uh, jumping ahead so much. Like, it, it, read it like you're reading an actual book. You, you don't want to just jump ahead and know how it ends. You want to, to sit there and, and see who everyone is and all of that kind of stuff. But one of the things that Matthew's doing here is, well, first let me tell you, I'm going to tell you uh, what I don't want to talk about, uh, and then I'm going to tell you what I do want to talk about. So with the, the, here, I'm going to get this all out of the way. First off, Matthew sets the stage for the resurrection. He talks about uh, the proof that you need. First off, there's somebody that bought a brand new 
uh, tomb. He, he built it himself. He, he, well, he had it built. He was a rich guy. Rich people don't build anything themselves unless it's a hobby. But he built this, because you got to dig and stuff like that. I mean, it's dirty. I wouldn't do it. You dig this tomb thing, and he, it hasn't even been used. It's brand spanking new. And he's a follower of Jesus, and so he donates this to Jesus. This is a time when we, we are in this time and place where Matthew is actually uh, setting the stage for the naysayers when it comes time for Easter. What he's saying right now is this, folks, is a brand new tomb. For those that said they got the wrong uh, body in, in, the, in the tomb, uh, there's no other body in here. It's Jesus and it's brand spanking new. A tomb at this point, they would dig these things out of like a a mountain or something like that. This is, this is like, I mean, you got to pay people to do this because it's dirty and all this kind of stuff. And you, you dig this thing, and it looked like, when you walked in, it looked like a, a hole in a mountain, and it was like a, 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 it actually looked like almost like a pantry. It was, had these, uh, these shelves carved in. It wasn't built for just one person. It was built, people would buy or, buy or purchase or have these made, and they would, uh, it would be for them and their, their families, like for generations. Uh, because what would happen in these tombs is they would, if the, the, when the body, someone died, they would anoint it and put oil on it. They would wrap it up. They would take it and they would put it on one of these shelves, really. And then they would wait for the body to decay. Uh, decay so much that the only thing that would be left would be the bones. That's why, like in uh, when Jesus is raising Lazarus, you know, they, they kind of paint that picture of uh, that's really going to stink. That's really going to smell bad because it's a decaying body. And so that's what they, they do. They put it in there, they let the body decay, and then they come back and they gather the bones and they would put it in this, this little box. And they would fold the, you know, put the bones in there very nicely, and that's where the person would be laid to rest. We found some of these boxes, they're called sarcophagus, but they, we, we have found them and sometimes uh, it has something in it, but a lot of times the, even the bones have decayed and things like that, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, that kind of thing. So this is a brand new one. And in this time, if you were hung on a cross, in most cases, you did not get this luxury. You were thrown into uh, basically the equivalency of a dump. Your body was just put out there. Oftentimes, Jesus refers to these dumps, and we've mistaken him talking about hell in these times when he's talking about just a vast wasteland. He's talking about when you die, just being thrown like it's, it's insignificant and, and nothing. Um, a lot of times, Rome would either toss you into that dump. If they were feeling real nasty, they would just let that body decay where it was. Uh, it was never a pretty thing. And so Joseph of Arimathea was doing a wonderful thing by uh, donating this. So, so, okay, so Matthew's, for the naysayers, he's saying, okay, that's a brand new tomb. It's got a brand new uh, body in there. There's, it's never been touched and all that kind of stuff. He's also saying that the religious leaders are against this. They know that he has talked a little bit about the being raised again in three days. They don't want anybody to steal that body. In this time and age, there was a lot of grave robberies. People would steal stuff that was on the person, all kinds of stuff. And so you've got people, if you're ever wanting to prove a point, it's you're really in good hands if you've got somebody that is for Jesus saying one thing, but you also have the people that are against Jesus that also have to agree with it. And the thing that, there's, that Matthew is telling us is that 
they had people that were in support of Jesus and people that were against Jesus, both guarding that tomb. And at the end of the day, they both said, well, I don't want to give it away. We'll wait, we'll wait till we get that chapter, but something's going to happen uh, in that right there. Uh, that shelf, empty, you know, but um, I say too much. But that's not what I, I really want to talk about. This is when a lot of people think that the church itself died. Because if we set the stage, Jesus, at this point in time, Jesus is dead. Dead. Jesus, dead. Okay? I can't paint that clearer. If it was a mystery show, they'd have the tent, they'd have the CSI, CSI? Does the CSI guys? They'd be all around and they'd say, I don't know, he looks like he's dead. You know, and they would say that. They, the GIS guy is definitely dead. You know, and they'd have the detective come in, you know, disgruntled, and he'd say, you know, I was watching the game, but now we got a dead guy. And so this is what's all happening right there. He is dead. And all of the witnesses of the religion of the church, they're gone. The disciples are nowhere to be seen at this time. Peter the person that was going to be the, the start of the church, gone. He's out of there. Every one of them, they're either thinking that this is the end of this religion or they're worried that Rome is now going to come after them. Either way, they have scattered. Now, this matches us a history uh, of repetition here because in the time of Jesus, there were people that would start and claim to be the Messiah. One of them was actually even called Jesus. They would get disciples around them, much like what Jesus did. And what would happen is that Rome would come, kill them. The disciples would disperse. The religion, the, their church died because that was it. And so this is kind of where we're at in this time. Matthew is painting this picture right now that this looks like it's the end, folks. If you were reading this for the first time, you'd think, well, there's not much left. You know, what's, what's left? The credit, the acknowledgments? This guy's dead. This religion is over. The, the, all of the followers have left it. But the point that I want to make today is that this is actually the beginning of the church. This is the first lesson as we are church people. Uh, if you haven't noticed that you're in a church. Uh, I know it doesn't look like it, but... Uh, the Nirvana shirt was a, you know. If, but this is a lesson of how we start a church. Uh, I think of this very much as the way that we started this church here called Neighbors. And it, it looks like everybody's gone. It looks like they're the death. When we read this, we want to jump ahead but let's sit here right now and let's really take a look at what's going on here. The first thing that has happened is Joseph of Arimathea. There's this guy that follows Christ. There's this guy that uh, we don't know exactly his involvement. We don't know a whole lot about him, but we do know that he has some resources. He, he has the money. And what he's doing right now is the way that we start churches and keep churches going. 
is he is taking the resources that he has. He is saying, okay, here's the situation. Right now, the immediate need of this person right here, Jesus, is we don't want him to just go out to the wayside there. We want to have him homed somewhere. I got that. I will cover that. Call it the first structure of the church, is to hold the body where that resurrection will take place. That is the first, in our Christian faith, the first church started there in that stinky tomb when his body was laid to rest and it was risen from there. And the only reason that it is there is because somebody that had gave. That's hugely important. You know, we talk about, uh, you know, uh, church, and we always talk about, you know, that we need money to keep the lights on. We need, you know, money for the coffee and, and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, I, you know, you can, and I can tell you, you can buy the best coffee in the world. Uh, as soon as you put it in a church, it tastes like church coffee. I have no idea why that is. It just, it just always tastes like church coffee. It, you start out with bad breath once you drink that coffee, but that's, that's the way it is. You, um, we cannot function here, as everybody knows, with, without people sharing uh, their resources. We, we, just, we just can't. That's the reality of it. It was also the reality of it when Jesus was first walking the earth. A lot of times we just think that Jesus is walking around going, hey, I'm going to eat at your house, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And why he walked like that is because he had sandals, you know, and he had sore feet and calluses and things, you know, but um, yeah, I know, physician heal thyself. But he... Uh, his, his uh, movement, his disciples, all of this stuff, his ministry was funded primarily by women. Uh, it was the women that had the resources at the time that Jesus was walking around, and they're the ones that actually gave the money. Because it did cost, just like it does now, to eat, to travel, to stay. It did cost them money, and it was the women that paid for that. The basis of the church is about people sharing what they have. Even, even here, when people think that Jesus is dead, somebody is paying to have that church not die. And that's what they're doing. He is paying for that. So that's one of our first lessons of how to start a church, is that people that have resources share those resources. And one of the most important ones, though, just like, if you ever want to read the Bible in a smart way, if there's a woman in that scene, go with her every time. Because they're the ones that are smart. They're the ones that most of the time have the, the wisdom, the resources, and the strength. And here are two just wonderful Jewish women and they, the tomb is over here. It's got the soldiers. It's got everybody around it. It's got a bunch of stuff like that. Everyone else is scared to death and has headed to the hills and is just running and hiding. And here's these two older women just going, I dare you to move me. And they're just standing there, sitting there like that. They're watching that tomb. You mess with that, you mess with us. I'm married to one of these types of women. She's sitting, like that right now. She's sitting like that right now. 
And if she says, I ain't moving, I say, okay. <laughs> if she says, you should do this, I say, yes, dear. <laughs> Am I doing okay? Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. The most important thing about any church is proven right here. That even when the world seems ugly, even when all seems lost, even these women were uncertain as to what the next move Jesus was going to make. I'm telling you, when you see somebody die, you don't expect them to come back. This is where we're at. But these women were saying, Mary, it was Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Mary of Magdalene. And they were saying, we're not letting this church die. It ain't going to happen on our watch. We're going to sit here, and we're going to be here. And those Roman soldiers... All of the people that were watching this tomb looked over there and said, I'm not, I'm not messing with that. No way. And that's probably the most important thing about starting any church is the presence of people. Is the presence of people saying, this is something that I believe in. And this is something that I'm going to be part of. And this is something that I am not going to let die. Before Jesus resurrected, Joseph of Arimathea and the two Marys resurrected the church. They set the example. This is not going to fade away like the, the false messiahs before us. This is here to stay. And we are going to be there. We are not meant as people to sit in isolation. We are not meant as people. We are uh, just like wolves and other animals. We are pack people. That's our, our DNA. It's our nature. Even if we sit inside our house by ourselves and turn on the TV or scroll social media, we're trying to share our lives with other people. It's what we do. And it's so much important that we share our faith with each other, more so than anything else in this world. Today's world, they want to uh, live in, uh, people want to live in silos. They're, they're, they're scared and they're frightened. They don't want to get to know each other. I saw a plea from a celebrity on social media this year begging people to still take part in trick-or-treat because trick-or-treat nationally is going away. People don't want to open their doors for other people, and people don't want to go to other doors. We don't want to share that community. More and more people are wanting to have their groceries and their uh, food and everything like that delivered. And in some cases, that's a very, very good thing. Because some people, we, we need to have those things delivered. But there's also something that we're supposed to be out and about. We're supposed to actually share this world with each other. As much as we want to deny that, 
As much as we want to say that this is my world and I don't want to share it with anybody because people are out there are stupid and I'm the only smart person on earth, we're meant to share it. And our faith, our faith should be the most important thing to us. Our faith is what keeps everything else going. And our faith is something that we cannot do alone. We cannot share the love of Jesus Christ with only ourselves. We have to share it together. And something amazing happens when we do that. When we, I don't know about you guys, but when I come here on Sundays, I feel recharged for the rest of the week. And it's not the sermon. It's, I know, it's just, boy, the look of surprise. But... Or maybe that was yawning. I'm not sure. But it is being in the presence of others. It's being in the presence of, of you folks. I, I, I received a compliment on social media that was very kind, but it also needed a correction. Um, it said, thank you, Trevor, for making the church what it is. And that is something that I don't ever want to hear again. Because it's not one person that ever makes a church. It's not one person's resources that ever make a church. It's us, this beautiful, holy thing of us gathering together and sharing space and sharing our faith and sharing our hopes and dreams as as, as much as we share uh, our problems and our fears, that's what makes this church. It always has made this church. And that's the church that was started 2,000 years ago when not one Mary came, but two Marys said, this is ours. You wonder if they just sat in lawn chairs, you know, put their feet up, you know, had one of those uh, high colonics, or the teas, what's the tea? The tea, the boozy tea? The, the tea, that Long Island iced tea. They're having Long Island iced teas. I'm just setting the stage of the, the, the two Marys. I mean, yeah, I just, you can see it now. The problem is, is, can you ever not see it now? <laughs> we belong in this church together. And I, as your pastor, cannot do this alone. Uh, I, as your pastor, cannot make this church survive. I cannot make it grow. I cannot do anything. Uh, I just pray, and I try to give the message that I feel that God is uh, telling me to share, and I share it. But this church is nothing without that message not being able to be shared. And it takes each other to share it. Whether you are sharing your resources, whether you are sharing your talents, I, I think that uh, Amanda stepping up and playing uh, this wonderful piano is a fantastic example of what I'm talking about. Will is in New York uh, this week, and so we needed somebody to sing. Amanda can sing and play the piano, and she agreed to do it. She had something about herself 
And she said, I will do that. And not only that, she shared her resources. She bought this piano for the church. This is now ours. So, yeah. That is a perfect example of somebody that is sharing who they are, what they are, and also being here. The trunk or treat, oh my word. Uh, the ugliest pirates I've ever seen in my life. But they, <laughs> they had how many children that came through that? 900. If you are on uh, Facebook, please look at the pictures and share because that was a community that was coming together and that was Neighbors Church that was coming together as a group to share with that community. It was sharing who they were. It was sharing the talents of, of, of crafts. It was sharing the resources of candy. We all, whether we were there or not, we donated candy. We did all this. We were a part of this. In the freezing cold... Melody over there, there's pictures of her, and, I'm, and I was told in the last service that she was on her knees at eye level. With, I don't have to get on my knees to be eye level with children. <laughs> but <laughs> she was there greeting kids and pirate jokes. They want you to stop it. But it was just all, <laughs> it was a wonderful, wonderful community. That's what this church is all about. Whether we are preaching, whether we are singing, or whether or not we're crying, like a, whether or not we are just being, that's what we are here for. The lesson 2,000 years ago, Jesus rose, and Jesus had somewhere to go because the church would not die. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, Help us to remember to be there for one another. Help us to remember that discipleship is, is something we do as a group. It's, it's something we do together. Help, help us understand that every single one of us makes this church what it is. Every single one of us is part of this. Help us take ownership in this. Help us celebrate this. Help us together to love you, to love ourselves, and to love our neighbors right here and now. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Another way that we can celebrate our community, I really, I personally want to give you an invite to this potluck. Whether you're bringing something uh, making something, purchasing something, or just coming to eat. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not bringing anything. I'm just going to come and eat. Um, <laughs> watch me. Um, <laughs> this, is a, this is a great time for all of us to gather together and say we are a community. We are a church. We are the body of Christ. I hope that we can, you can join us November 15th at 6 to just celebrate this amazing place. I am so grateful for most of you. Um, <laughs> I really, yes. I, there's no questions. Um, we, <laughs> it's here. We're going to have it right here. 
Yeah, we're going we're gonna to set it up on the table there. There's even a sign-up sheet around the corner so that we know how many tables to set up for the food and everything like that. Uh, if you can build anything or, or bring anything, even if you're bringing a bag of chips, just write down chips, you know, just whatever it takes. Uh, you know, right now it's mostly desserts, which is awesome. You know, I mean, that's, <laughs> if you're going to have a potluck, that's fine. But let me just make a plea. Let's keep this church going. Let's keep this thing, this beautiful, wonderful thing. Let's keep it going. Keep inviting people. Keep being a part of things. Keep sharing your talents. I really do want to, I don't mean to use this as a, as a, as a manipulation or a plot or anything, but there's this wonderful child right here who cries through all of my sermons. <laughs> The most important thing to me right now is to make sure that this church is here for him so that he grows up knowing that Christ is love. We got a world that is telling us that there's no love left. Let's be the voice that says, there sure is. (laughs) You liked that, didn't you? (laughs) Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for this gathering. Thank you for this church. Thank you for your amazing, amazing grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.